0: I think, Johnny, if I had to sum up this show, I would say it's a show about love. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah. Love is what it's all about. Hello, and welcome to Johnny and Tiggy Walker Consciously Coupling.
0: Now, in this podcast, we're going to be chatting to other couples and finding out how they met.
1: Who did the wooing, or who wooed who.
0: Whether they faced any struggles together.
1: And the triumphs and the joys that they've had.
0: We'll hear about the songs that they love, that they share... And maybe some that they don't.
1: And it's all with thanks to our partner, the Velvetizer from Hotel Chocolat, barista grade drinking chocolate at home.
0: Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to get a new episode every Wednesday.
1: Right, let's get started. Let's. Welcome to this edition of Johnny and Tiggy Walker Consciously Coupling. And today it's a first because one half of the couple that we're talking to is someone that we have both interviewed.
0: That really is a first, isn't it, Johnny? (laughs) I couldn't believe it when I got the call. When I was, I had um, a local radio show in Sherbourne, a Dorset station, and was asked, I was asked if I would have Leo Sayer on my show. I mean, who's going to say no? The, The guest for that week was bumped fairly quickly um, and I, I uh, interviewed my first ever bona fide huge pop star.
1: And not only did you do it well, he came to my studio and all he could talk about a couple of weeks later to do an interview for Radio 2, was I was interviewed by your wife and she was great. And I think his manager said uh, that you did the best interview ever done with Leo.
0: Actually, he said that when he arrived to you. But we don't know. We don't know what he said after you had interviewed him because, Johnny, you had to trump me. (laughs) You're the king. We're talking
1: about Leo Sayer, who now lives in Australia and he lives with his partner, Donatella. And we're not exactly sure whether they share the same house. I think they probably do. But there's sort of. They've got an unusual relationship. They were together, I think, about 23 years, and then they decided to part ways. But she's continued to manage Leo's uh, business affairs and and his music career, so they're still still very close.
0: And he still writes songs for her. Yes. Shall we let them in?
1: Yes, let's let them in. From all the way,
0: I have to say, from um, Australia.
1: Yes, about an hour and a half out of Sydney. So a great pleasure to welcome Leo Sayer and his partner Donatello. Hello, how are you both?
2: We're very good. It's lovely here in Australia at the moment. Well, we're going into autumn, a different season, opposite season to you. But um, we're blessed to be in the country here and it's really nice.
1: And do you love Australia, Donatella?
2: Well, it's certainly an extraordinary country. It's very beautiful. And
3: we are very blessed to
2: be here at this time. Yeah. yeah. And we live in the country outside Sydney. We're about an hour and a half drive outside Sydney um, and it's very blissful and quiet. We live in a village of basically 600 metres high and 400 people live here.
0: Well, do you know what, Leo? We actually do know where you live because Johnny and I have both got, well, you've got your son, I have my brother. We know that part of New South Wales very well because they both live out there. So uh, we do know it.
1: Now, um, this is a first because We've never done a consciously coupling with someone who I've interviewed and Tiggy's interviewed. And also, um, well, we're not quite sure how much of a couple you are. We refer, you refer (laughs) to Donna Teller as your partner. Do you live in the same house together?
2: We do, yeah, absolutely. No, we're partners and um, very quietly, Donna's usually behind the scenes. So not many people um, see her all the time visibly. I mean, I go up on tour and Donna sometimes stays at home but um, she's
1: incredibly supportive. So it's very much what we've achieved by coming to Australia is very much about the two of us. Okay. Now, our first question always on this podcast is, and I'm going to direct it at Donatella, um, is how did you meet?
3: Okay. Well, I was in England and I would have been 80... Come over from Italy. Yeah. Uh, And I was like, you know, like you do, you study... You do your explore. Um, I was doing dancing and studying English, and uh, and then working part times in restaurants.
2: You were like the maître d' or the hostess. Oh well, the yes, restaurant.
3: there was this this new uh, restaurant that was first of its kind because it was only serving pasta and salads. <laughs> Very interesting and. Uh, and they asked me if I could do the door and yes, and sit in people. So one one evening, this person comes in with this other person and I didn't know who it was. And um, and I sat them at a table, which... Uh, wasn't the best had, table. It was not. <laughs> it was really not the best table, but at the end of the day, it was a table, right? And it was quite full. So that's when I noticed... Then the pasta arrived at the table and I see this this guy looking at me and not eating, not having his food. And I thought, hang on a second, you can't have cold pasta, it's not very nice. So I just <laughs> I went up to them and said, um, is everything okay? And he said, yeah, who are you? Anyway, he started, he started shutting me up and, and saying who I was and what I was doing there, blah, blah. So I cut it short went back to where I was and then people they were sitting around the bar said oh do you know who that is I said no and oh that's Leo Sayer who is he I didn't I knew his songs I realized after but I didn't know who he was uh, the name and in fact sometimes they call him Leo Sawyer which is very different from Leo Sayer in Italy in Italy so Mm -hmm. I said look you know I said, I don't care who he is, I have to put him where, he, where there is a table, that's it. I, was <laughs> I wasn't sort of into celebrity very much. Anyway, then at the end of the evening, I see there is a commotion around this table, not so much a commotion, there was just the management around him and whatever, so I went up to see what was the problem. And the boys didn't have any cash, and this restaurant was only Cash, no, cra- no credit cards. cards yeah. Obviously, they were not set up yet or whatever. <laughs> and they, they was, oh, you know, don't worry, you can come back. Uh, Mr. Say, don't worry about paying, you know, tonight, you can come back any time. And then he said, he looked at me and he said, oh, yes, I, I, I'm I, going to take out, to take Donatella out. I was, like, shocked. I said, <clears throat> well, how dare this one see <laughs> that? And so, anyway, everyone was looking at me and, you know, are you picking up clients now? Whatever. And <laughs> I made a beeline
2: for her. Yeah. My <laughs> he was
3: very cheeky, I must confess. So, uh, so I was quite mistrusting. I wasn't working every night, so I, <laughs> I took time away. I don't know where I went, whatever. When I came back, the office, they had all these flowers and these things from him. Uh, going, i and come what? back every night. Yeah. Apparently I <laughs> discovered
2: that he came back every night. Is Donatella here? <laughs> <laughs> No. So, okay, I'll come back tomorrow night. So, and so it went on until the end of the week. And so she walked back to an office full of flowers and um, so a hole.
3: I loved the flowers because they were orchids and I loved them. And I started wearing them. In fact, those orchids uh, uh, every evening. But I did not feel comfortable because we live for quite some time. Because I thought he was too nice. So when someone <laughs> is too nice, they said, well, "Where is the dark side? Everyone has one." <laughs> anyway, it took a while, but then, and we we would go out after you know have a. We drink. kind of dated so, for a while. Well, it wasn't a dream. It was just friendship. Mm. And and I was getting to because there was something about him it was quite extraordinary but I couldn't quite make him up anyway so that's how we first met <laughs> it was kind of a bit fairy taleish because everyone was talking about this pop star that was really taken with me so yeah
0: and I was
2: it was love at first sight for me
0: <clears throat> that's beautiful but. Donatella, it didn't sway you at all. That's what I love. You're clearly a very independent, strong woman. You didn't give a damn if he was a famous pop star. I think that's very cool.
3: Yeah, that's true. No, it it is true. I've always had this. In fact, I must say something that I used to love, like Rolling Stones, and I used to love Eric Clapton. I used to love all of them, except I I never fancied any of them. (laughs) It was like okay, I don't need to look at them. I, I just love the music. You
2: never really thought, and that I you'd am end a little a...
3: bit like that, yeah. you know, because never thought
2: you'd end up with a pop star.
1: So Leo, we had a lovely story on a previous podcast from Anton Dubeck from Strictly Come Dancing fame, and it was the first night that he'd met his his uh, the woman who became his wife, Hannah, and uh, she has had a few drinks, and he's giving her a lift home and he asked for a address to put in his sat-nav and she gave him the parents' address. <laughs> he, oh, said, no. he said, hold on, he said, we're not gonna meet your mum and dad yet. Yeah, that's a bit quick, isn't it? <laughs> that only just meant. So, So when did you first meet Donatella's uh, family? Ah, oh, not for a while, actually. Um,
2: we, yeah, we saw each other and went a few dates. I had a, I had a BMW sports car. I used to come and pick her up from her place and we'd drive around a bit and we'd go for, you know, it was a, it was a real romance. I've got to say it was a real romance. And um, finally, uh, she invited me to come to Italy and I met the folks there. And this wonderful family came—the whole family. This is the way they do it in Italy. Came to Rome Airport, and you know, the whole family. We're squeezed in the back of this car, barely fitting. You know, but we've got to meet everybody. Your younger brother and sister. Yeah, they were all there, and auntie, and was there the whole lot. Oh, let's look at the strange Englishman. <laughs> it was a bit like that, you know. But um, but they accepted me into the fold, and now they treat me like I'm family. So it's wonderful, you know.
0: Donatella, for you, though, when you fall in love and get involved with somebody who's from another country, it's it's there's a risk that you're kissing goodbye to ever living in your own land again. Was that something that went through your mind? Did you intend to go back to Italy well, one
3: day? In fact, when I f- when I met Leo, I was thinking of going back to Italy, yes, because um, England was like a, a, an interlude, a learning process of... Different experiences, and so I was read, I was thinking, okay, I've got to go back to real life. Just enough, yeah, yeah. Uh, But you know, at the time, I always felt I was a citizen of the world, not exactly of Italy. It was just uh, I, I was, I had a need of expanding, and and I wanted to embrace the planet. And, uh, in fact, for many, you know, for me, it was just enough to be able to go back and be with my family, you know, often, as often as I could. I was never terribly attached to anything, really, because uh, I I always saw life as, um, you know, not very structured for me.
2: Yeah, picking it up as it went along.
3: Well, not picking it up, but... As you can see, uh, we have now had a <laughs> exactly normal relationship. Mm. Uh, with with children would have been different, but my needs were were. You see, Italy was very restrictive for me. It was very small. Mm. Uh, I wasn't aware, in fact, of how beautiful Italy was or how rich in so much until I.
1: I, Rediscovered I went, went
3: outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and so it was always like this thing about actually I appreciate Italy more from being away from it my love for it never diminished it grew it kept on growing
1: so going back to when you first met Leo it sounds like Donatella was playing a bit hard to get and you're doing the thing about loads of flowers, and did you worry, of course, that you might be going just a fraction over the top? And if you weren't careful, you'd turn her off. You
2: actually probably yes, but but the thing was, um, she was so charming and and so cultured. I thought I was really sort of, I don't know, it's like my my life was dialing up, you know, into a into a higher strata. So she was very admirable um, to 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 look at and to be with. This wonderful person. So I was determined to, um, yeah, to win to win my goal. You know, of, of making making Donna mine. Oh, and I suppose, I suppose, you know, as it, it was, it was, yeah, she was challenging. She wasn't easy. No, not at all. And what was the first song you wrote for her? I think it took a while before I, I wrote songs really for her because you know i've always been writing songs generally for the for the planet as it were you know that's my real modus operandi but there is one song um called love light which is on this most recent album selfie and it's really about donna and it's about how she's always kept this flame going you know donna is really a a person who's very sincere she doesn't ever tell fibs or anything she everything that she says she's going to do she's going to do so if she keeps that love light going it's a, a total loyal um very committed thing so she's always done that for us and she's kept us together more than i've been able to in some ways you know so that's what i i owe to her you know and she's she's just this lovely glowing light in my life
0: ah oh, she's blushing um there is a lovely line in that song where you go there's no battle we can't win and that that to me says everything about the power of your, your union together, you know, you're very strong together.
2: I, I think that that's what couples do, you know, they become this incredible unit, two to make one. So one person, one identity is forged by two, sometimes very disparate and different kind of characters, which Donna and I really are. She's much more spiritual than I am. Uh, I'm a dreamer, but I'm not really a spiritual person. Donna is much more religious in some ways, than 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 i am um i'm kind of flippant about a lot of these things i just tend to do the thing and go straight to it but donna spends a lot of time thinking and considering you know her position her instinct is incredibly um uh, sourced from that faith and deep belief you know so there is a deeper person there that I'm, i must admit i'm still learning from so
1: donna teller you actually managed leo's career is that correct you're smiling. <laughs> we have
2: different managers now, don't we? Yeah, well, we, we? yeah, we've got a couple of people doing things for us, one in England and one in Australia. But Donna oversees sees everything,
1: really. Do you ever have to tell Leo off if he hasn't done something right? <laughs>
3: Can I say something before I forget? That I really like what you're calling this for consciously coupling. I really like that because it is all about consciousness. So what happens is that maybe sometime I observe, I do believe that life is about learning and relationship. Everything is about learning, developing. And if I might make some observations that don't go down very well. So (laughs) there is a, a little bit of an issue where he might take it as a criticism in the negative connotation of the word. I
2: sometimes get sensitive to that, don't Too I? Too sensitive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. That, I dare like, play her my new album until I'm absolutely <laughs> sure it's perfect because she's going to say, mm, darling, I don't understand what you're doing. That song means nothing. You know, So I get that, you know. <laughs>
1: my biggest critic is also my partner. <laughs> I don't think, does any anybody really finds it easy to take criticism? Now, you're obviously very happy in Australia. What was the moment when you decided and did you decide as a couple that you'd like to make australia your home
2: actually you came you came to australia um i was going to bring donna teller down to australia um, and i had a tour planned and everything and she said to me oh darling i'm already going with my australian friends i'm going to a wedding so she went down independently and discovered australia just before me and came back absolutely i think loving it and and you know make we were both making uh, a lot of friends. I mean, I made friends through being on stage and, and, and and you know, and getting that relationship with people I was working with in Australia. But also, you know, the Australian audience was a great friend for me. So I think that that was my side. And meanwhile, Donatella had made a few connections of her own. So I think that we got to a, a discussion one day, I think we were actually, we went to Australia one Christmas, and we came back. And we were actually on the plane. And we said, Look, when we go back, why don't we just go to the consulate, the Australian consulate, and let's get the papers, because even if we, let's try and fill something out, because we both realized that home could be on the other side of the world. I think we came to that thought. So yeah, we we just got off, you know, in those days the plane used to arrive in England about six o'clock in the morning. So we got the car to take us straight to Trafalgar Square, just outside Trafalgar Square, where the Australian uh, consulate is and we waited out there until they opened and then we went and got the form straight away and that was it there was almost like we
1: committed to it at that time and then subsequently sometime later didn't you then get an invite from the australian prime minister to become a citizen
2: we did yeah yeah uh, yes well yeah well we we'd been in the country a couple of of years, and um, I think we've oh, we been in almost
3: oh, 2005, 2009, four years. I mean, four years
2: yeah. we've been in, yeah. And you, you know, you have to qualify a certain time of being a resident before you could become a citizen. And I think we were just around about that time. But we got this invite. I don't know. Came from government, just saying. I think historically it actually started with the Prime Minister Bob Hawke, who actually wanted me to become an Australian citizen when I told him that I loved Australia so much. He said, "Ah, we'll just make you an Aussie." So And I said, I can't because I've got a contract with Warner Brothers in America and I've got a contract with Chrysalis in England. And if they see me moving over here, I'm going to be breaking my contract. So sorry, Bob, I can't do it. But the the Labour Party here, which was Kevin Rudd, was the prime minister when we became citizens. um, They kind of had a connection, I suppose, with good old Bob. And Bob must have told Kevin Rudd, because that's what he said to me. He said, I I heard that we wanted to make you a citizen before. So so it's about time. Let's make you a citizen. And Donatella as well. And and they sent us this fantastic invite. And we went to Canberra and did it all there. The Prime Minister himself, Kevin Rudd, invested us as as Australian citizens and did it personally with his wife. And um, it was a wonderful moment. It was a great, great moment, you know, because we just fallen in love with living in Australia by that time.
0: You two have had a, a real adventure together. I mean, going to live the other side of the world is a big adventure. It's a big investment, and you've done it together. Has there been any point, and this is a very personal question, has there been any point that you wished you'd actually got married rather than just be partners?
2: Well, we're thinking about it now, aren't we? <laughs> you know, and I know that sounds crazy, but, you know, um, it, 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 didn't, it didn't seem to be a necessity for us to be married. And uh, I guess we've got friends who are partners, but not married. So, you know, maybe some that didn't occur, but we're actually thinking about it now and we might do it very privately, very quietly. We won't make a big song and dance about it, but... um,
3: Well, we know we we've been separated as well.
2: Yeah, we lived separately at times. times. Yeah, a few times.
3: Uh, the last time was seven
2: years. It's I not think. been a last perfect day. relationship.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, but no. but sorry, I don't mean to talk over you. Yeah. But uh, there was always something, even though we was we were separate. I was always I always felt this necessity to. To look after him, or business, or whatever. There was always this thing, this connection was always there. It mm. was undeniable, even though we're two, two two very different individuals at time. You know, we've been sort of different, but all is kind of together. It's quite amazing, actually. Yeah. So yeah, it has been an adventure, and yes, at some point, yeah, I thought, well, we should. Mm. we should be met. well
0: you
2: know with our children it's, it's not so as uh, important
0: not so urgent That's yeah it. yeah, yeah. Donatella you you mentioned about sort of your protection for uh, Leo it does seem reading our research a lot of times you've really come to Leo's rescue it seems to be a very deep soul connection you've got to look after him which I think is beautiful and Leo you have in the past had some appalling I mean, you've been appallingly stitched up financially. So, Donatella, you seem to be the the one who's rode in to to protect Leo. And you talk about spiritual things. Leo, do you feel there was any sort of spiritual lesson for you losing? You've lost millions at various times of your life, and yet you've taken it in your stride. So do you think that the whole losing money and being stitched up by various people has been part of your sort of spiritual lesson.
2: It's also been part of my journey in the music business because I don't know anybody who's never been ripped off. But, you know, I, I suppose, I mean, I had, I had various situations in my past, right from the first manager, Adam and Faith, where people were taking advantage of me when Adam was. You know, um, but at the same time, you know, you, you you balance that up with the fact that I wouldn't be here maybe without Adam. So there are there, there's always a balancing act to go. But she actually now the amazing thing that happened out of this, and and that I have to tell you, is that through this and through a few wonderful friends in the music industry who believed in us, particularly believed in Donatella, they took Donatella under their wing and taught her how to be my manager. That's an incredible thing that that happened. She didn't have necessarily naturally all of those skills, but they taught her how to deal with just, you know, various things. And we got gigging again, we got back to playing concerts against the odds. You know, I had one dreadful year which we had to rebuild everything in. Um, and Donatella was kind of look, looking after that and, and, and with the help of some great angels, as it were out there, um, real people, but angels, um yeah we we got through and we built and now we're back to pretty much normal life um there's there's nothing wrong at all in my career and and everything's absolutely unky dory but you know yeah there have been difficult times difficult challenging times and it's sad that i got to meet donatella um when i was crashing into those difficult times because i think that she deserved to see a better time i mean maybe the time that we're in now you know but um, you could have seen that earlier couldn't you darling you know and and boy we did have some challenges
1: just going back to being married or not being married is monogamy a very important part of your relationship
2: oh stop
1: <laughs> <laughs> well because if one does research on you the phrase open marriage pops up
2: oh i know i said that in a silly interview but it doesn't mean anything it's no no i'm committed to donatella um, you know, I'm, I think if we were all hung and lynched by the words that we said to the press in our careers, we'd have almost alternative lives. Um, so, no, there was nothing meant by that. I think it was just probably an expression, a creative expression.
3: Well,
1: hmm. <laughs> there's some thinking going on here. <laughs>
2: yeah, absolutely. The real story is coming from that side.
3: You The only thing that that I can say is that Leah is a pop star. He works in the music industry. Pop star needs gratification. They need uh, Mm -hmm. self-confidence, their ego, whatever. And I will not ever expect that someone says, oh, yeah, I'm completely nice for you. That would be a lie. So to me, it's better to have an honest relationship yeah yeah so uh, to me that what the heart the soul the mind and if somebody uh, it, and the being together in a certain way is it's really the only thing that matters you know if you somebody goes and play okay fine you know and uh we're not talking about a bank manager we're talking about an artist that um that, that sort of meets Maybe they meet, they go on the road or whatever, and they have a nice connection with somebody. Who am I to say that's wrong, okay? So, to me, connection with people are important for what they are and not for what we think they should be. So, it would be silly to pretend otherwise, yeah? So, when you say open, you see, it depends what people take, how people look at it. It can be open in a nasty, sleazy side, which is not, never been. Yeah. Or, or it can be open, meaning your heart's Freedom. open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your heart's open yeah. to smiling to somebody, to hugging somebody, saying, love no, spending, and spending Do you know, that's different. Okay, we do have, obviously, rules and regulations social... Sure, because <laughs> we do have a society that has to function fine and, of course... Maybe this will not be applying to everyone, but it does apply in this case. You
2: sound very serious, Don.
3: No, no. Well, I'm, this, this, I'm just saying, no, no, I'm so sorry. If I'm serious, I'm not saying. It's just I wanted to we give
2: each other. We give each other a lot of freedom of, of of expression as well as, you know, freedom of movement, yeah? So I can be going off, coming to England, seeing you, Johnny, and, and, and Donna tell us back in Australia, you know, this is often how we do things but you know when we come together we really do have the same spirit you know that's what this really binds this relationship not maybe so much the direct proximity all the time of being you know in each other's face all the time it's it's a it's a long-standing thing that has worked out really well for us in that way
0: well actually often it's the separation that makes the coming together so wonderful And over the last year, of course, Leo, you haven't been able to tour at all. Has that been um, a lovely thing for the two of you? Or um, have you seen new things in each other by being in each other's space for over a year?
2: Yes, it it has been wonderful. We've spent a lot more time together. I've really just um, enjoyed spending so much more time at Australia. And being at home, it's just been wonderful, yeah. Donna's cooking all the time. She's an amazing chef, cook. Um, she's just like, mm, incredible. Comes from a family of great foodies. So, you know, I eat really well and I live really well. So this is paradox You know, I don't want to say I don't care if I go out on tour again, because I really do. I really want to get back to normal. And, and COVID-19, yeah, has, has a shot in the in the bowels for people who want to kind of carry on with their creative existence. It's tough and it's challenging, but same time yeah the other side of it is that i get to spend more time with this lovely lady and um and i really get to spend more quality time at home which is just fantastic and you know donna is an amazing gardener as well we have an incredible garden outside and she's built all of that you know and created all of that so she's creates an amazing house so the time that i haven't been there I always come back to amazing surprises. Oh, my God, you've done this. Wow. You know, oh, oh, it's, it's like, you know, so that's a nice thing about traveling. But being here all the time, I've learned to appreciate really everything that we've she's built for me and that we've managed to achieve together, which has been uh, let's just say I won't say hard one, but it's been earned. You know, we've really earned it. We've worked hard on things together. We've rebuilt my career and we've rebuilt our lives, you know, against sometimes the odds. And um, that's a nice thing to do as a couple, you know.
1: They often say a prophet never appreciated in his own land. And in a way, (laughs) you're more appreciated living in Australia than you are if you've been here in the UK.
2: Yeah, it's weird. I mean, absence makes the heart grow fonder, of course, and, you know, the, the, I, I, I feel more appreciated in the UK and in Europe now than when I was there. That's probably, you know, always the grass is greener on the other side, you know, but I am very much loved here. It's, it's true. And um, we really feel that our characters blend in very well here. It's hard, harder for Donna because my parents aren't alive anymore. I've got a brother and sister. They've got kids and grandkids now um, are coming. Um, but Donna's got a family still very much very vibrant. Father's gone, but uh, mother's still alive and she's missing them like mad. So it's a tough thing at the minute. Italy's got the, got the, the disease early on much more stronger than, than, than the UK did. And, and um, it's been hard, you know, to not be home for two years because we usually do this every year we go back to Europe. And if, if I'm on tour in the UK, we'll meet up in Italy at the end of it, meet up in London and then go to Italy together. And that's a big part of our lives, that time we spend in Tuscany. So we miss that and it's hard on Donna. Donna,
0: you do sound to me like the most incredible partner for Leo to have, <laughs> you're cooking, you're creating a home in the garden, you're managing him, you're advising him. Uh, you ha- you are a very powerful woman, and I can absolutely see uh, why Leo is co-
2: being with you all these years. It's it's beautiful to see. You can you can see why Tiggy's with Johnny. She's such a charmer. You are beautiful. T- <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, well, but but you said earlier, Leo, that, that it hasn't been a perfect relationship. Tell me whose has been a perfect relationship. Us, no, no. you know, it just doesn't I, I think, exist.
2: I think in the media or music business or, you know, let's call it the arts, it is very difficult because people always wanted to make money out of you in the short mm-hmm. term. This is the greatest problem that you have. And so basically you, you get driven from pillar to post. And I think it's only the moments that Donatella and I are quietly together that we actually can make any sense or reason about and make the real decisions that are important for my career and our lives. So this is the great division. The, the outside world will think you're doing this and that and want to push you towards this and that, but we really make all the
1: decisions right here. Now, listen, next time we see you in the flesh, uh, hopefully you've got time to come to our home in Dorset and we'll make you some beautiful hot chocolate. Because, because you live yeah. in Australia and there's, there's regulations about importing foodstuffs, we can't send you our normal Velvetizer gift pack. So um, we've donated the one that you would have had to one of our listeners. So if you'll excuse me for a sec, I'll just give a plug for our competition. So yes, we're giving away a Velvetizer gift pack to one of our, our podcast listeners and all you have to do is to tweet to me, Pirate at PirateJW and tell us who were the guests on episode nine of the podcast series and include hashtag Velvetizer to qualify and we'll announce the winner on the last podcast in the current series. Now tell me about fracking.
0: Yes, fracking.
1: Yeah, so you got together with a few music uh, business uh, friends in, and you made this song uh, to protest against fracking plans. I wonder what the Prime Minister thought about that.
2: <laughs> well, at the time, I think the Prime Minister had changed from Labour to the, the, the Conservative Party here, the Liberal National. They call them Liberals. I find it very hard to say that because they're not really Liberal. They're more Conservative. But... Um, but things are, thing, we have a village here that was threatened also with a mine recently, and we, it's a big movement here to kind of stop that. They call it the Battle for Berima, our, our village. Um, but, you know, I don't know, I just met with so many people who are being disturbed by the action of fracking, you know, the action of, of, of gas mining. Um, and their lands were threatened, their livelihoods were threatened. The water here is very precious to us in Australia because we suffer from terrible drought. So, you know, if the water is poisoned by uh, the activities that they, they do with this, that's, that's one great danger. Another thing is that the land is very fragile, the aquifer is very fragile, so exploration work is very dangerous. And we just felt for the farmers, you know. We even had two farmers on the who were right affected by it. Actually, came down from northern Queensland to be on the video, and and they're singing "No Fracking Way," you know, it was, it was, which was fantastic. But all of the artists on it gave all their time for it. It was a nice little project, very Australian project, because I suppose you know nobody in the rest of the world would recognise. Um, people, But the funny thing is I got a lot of support from England because, you know, there's been anti-fracking movements, of course, there, you know, and, and I was getting fantastic support around the world for making that video. And to put it into a short sort of reason why I do these things, I think that songs really need to have a purpose. I grew up with Bob Dylan and I like the idea that um, songs should be making the world better. So if a song can kind of bring some publicity to a very small movement like that, like like what it was, the protesters against this, and maybe educate a few people into what's going on, then that's my job. Of course, you suffered so terribly um, the summer
0: before last, your summer, uh, with the fires in Australia. I mean, yeah. it was absolutely frightening for the rest of us to see. It must have been... Uh, Hundred times more frightening to live near that. Did it affect
2: you? Yeah, it was right across Christmas, wasn't it? And we New we had thing. to leave New Year rather. Uh, yeah, Christmas. Didn't we? Yeah, we no, left. It was quite a while. We day. left to go to Sydney, didn't we, one day because the the, the, the smoke was just so terrible. Well, there. no, we were evacuated. The we fire were evacuated, very
3: close. Yeah. It was terrible. It was terrible. Um, the animals, especially as well. I mean, the people, of course, but the animals. So many deaths. Just the unbelievable sight of. The mm. forest completely burned to crisp, mm. houses burned to the crisp. And it was, was very close. We, were, yeah, it, we had one major fire coming mm. down from the north and another one from the we south. Were in a
2: pincer it was
3: just yeah. Armageddon, and um, it was unbelievable. I'm
2: Donna amazing. was going up with a couple of friends of hers, lovely ladies here, um, and they were feeding the animals. So what were they, they would do is do animal feeds at night and um, come back the next day and, and basically inspect to see that they'd all been eaten, leaving water and bringing canisters of stuff. And Ooh, it was amazing what good. you were doing.
3: We just set up stations of yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, feeding stations for very different you know, kangaroos, wombats, birds. it was And quite... I put on
2: a concert um, with a lot of other fellow artists here. Yeah. We put on a show locally here called Fire Aid And um, raised a lot of money, um, which has now sort of resulted in a lot of people who are made homeless for the fire being supported. And uh, also, you know, organisations like the Rural Fire Service, which we had to have in Australia. It's a big country, so you can't really centralise all the fire departments. So we we got them a lot of money and a lot of support. And they've now got a lot of new equipment, new wagons and things like that. You know, so we made some money and did a good thing. No wonder Australia
0: loves you Leo. <laughs>
2: well look when, when you when you when you when you come to this country the first thing that you discover is it's so huge. It's vast. You know you can fall in love with the beaches but then you can fall in love with the bush. You you you've got you've got these cities on the outskirts and I think that Australia is one of these amazing countries that's so unique. And of course the animals, I mean koalas and kangaroos and you know, amazing uh, uh, um, trees and foliage. And we have got parrots here feeding every day on our olive trees at the moment. So beautiful parrots. I mean, you can't miss the nature and I think it's the nature that gets to you. Um, so we are really conscious of that. We're conscious that we're blessed to be in an incredible environment. And coming from Italy and coming from Sussex in England, did we ever think that we come here? No, it's an amazing gift, a gift from God, maybe, that we are actually in this chosen wonderful land. And we we took this leap, we took this adventure, we came here and and it's 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 paid dividends for us. I
1: That's think. brilliant. Donna, if you had to pick a song to dedicate to Leo, what what would it be? <laughs> You Gosh. came up with a new one today, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: No,
3: no, I, no. I, I'm very shy about being so direct. I think David Bowie's Starman, somehow it just fits. <laughs> it's kind of... Uh, it's kind of yeah, it's me Leo, and Leo has this connection with something further uh, <laughs> up there, and whatever sent me here to look after him is all up there. So, I think that uh, it fits somehow. I don't know if
2: and a lot of songs I write, sense, but... a lot of songs I write, it's almost messages from the stars. It's <laughs> I don't know how they get written. Um, honestly, there are so many big songs like Long Tour Glasses and. One um, uh, Orchard Road, which were never written down on paper, they just came out at the microphone. So, she's very aware of that. That it's somehow, if if I can, I I just channel things. So, yeah.
0: Donatella, do you have a favourite Leo Sayer
3: song? Oh. Yeah, it depends on my mood, I suppose. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's you can't just <laughs> some all the time yeah. that I will be really, really quite. Um, there is a lot of songs that I, I really like, um, I love, actually. Uh, there's one somehow touched my heart. It's also very much called The Dancer.
2: From the first it's album. It's not so, so, uh,
3: yeah. so well-known. But yeah, sort of the dancer. It's something I mean, uh, the way he sang, uh, it was so uh, angelic. And then of course there is uh, long top glasses, uh, the show must go that all the classics, of course I love them. You know, when I go on and see him live, um, I can't help but dancing. Mm. And his voice is quite strong, it's wonderful. So um yeah the energy yes. of obviously of, of it. so, so it's not so much a particular song as like a tapestry of sounds that i they really uh i love about leon yeah but that the dance so there's something so uh, there's a, a, an old it's just this voice it seems like i'm coming from somewhere else mm. yeah
1: yeah well it's been an absolute joy to chat And and it was a big gamble to go. I mean, the thing about Australia, it is a fantastic country, but it's an awfully long way away. It's quite a leap to sort of um, to go that distance and make a new life. And um, it's wonderful. It's worked out so well. And and thanks for being with us on this podcast. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you very much. Bless you both. God bless (laughs) you. Thank you. you.
1: All the best. Hope to see you soon.
0: And we hope to hear about the wedding. (laughs) Oh, yeah, okay.
2: We'll come back as a married couple.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, have a joyful day, if and when it happens.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And we'll see you in England very
1: soon. We'll be there. All right. Bye-bye. Well, thankfully, we know a bit about Australia, because your brother's there with his family. My son and his wife and children are in Sydney. So we go, and we know what it's like. But how wonderful that Australia turned out so brilliantly for those two.
0: Uh, absolutely wonderful, Johnny. But Johnny, darling, are you not missing the big thing that came out of that? We started before, we, before the interview saying, we're not quite sure where their relationship is at the moment, it's been on, it's been off. They announced they're going to get married.
1: But that's he said it's going to be very private, so I don't know. Well, if no, she'd... I don't
0: expect an invitation, Johnny. No. <laughs> but that is very beautiful after so many years that they've been together yeah. that their love has grown to that place where they want to make that commitment. I am old fashioned. I think being married does make a difference yes. because I think it gives you a glue. Mm, so maybe, anyway, Johnny, I thought that was a
1: lovely well, thing I, I, that they shared. Yes, it, it is. And I, that's probably come out of um, lockdown have been together so much, and they've realized how much, you know, they love each other, and... Um, but
0: it was a very, it's, I feel it's a very deep and spiritual connection they've got. Donatella is a deep and spiritual woman, and she she definitely sees it, that she, it's been her role yeah. to look after Leo, who has been through so many dramas, and, and terrible things have happened to him in his career, but he's bounces back, and he's got this gorgeous woman to help him bounce back.
1: Yeah. But he's got uh, tremendous spirit and, you know, his career, he said loads of times people have said my career's all over and then he he, he gets it going again mm-hmm. and and then people see him again and see a gig and then they realise, you know, how great he is and what a good time they have at a, at a Leo's show. So it, good it, on him.
0: It was like talking to a man in his thirties. His energy is fantastic, yeah, isn't yeah.
1: it? And we do it on Zoom so we could see Leo and Donatella. And um, he had a huge, big smile on his face the entire time, and and so did Donatella. But uh, they're obviously very happy, and Australia has been very right for them. And you know they've got they've got from Australia, and they've given back, so uh, it's worked out really well.
0: It has. Well, I'm sorry they're not getting their velvetizer, but um, nice that that uh, one of our listeners will be able to get that.
1: We're going to pull all the names out of a hat, so. Uh, the idea is if you send a tweet to at piratejw and don't forget to include hashtag velvetizer and tell us who was the guest on episode nine of our consciously coupling podcast. Who were the guests on episode nine? Include hashtag velvetizer in your tweet and send it to at uh, piratejw.
0: Or, may I say, because this is an Equal Opportunities podcast. Yes. Or at Tiggy Walker, where it's far more likely to get seen.
1: (laughs) So send it to at (laughs) PirateJW or at Tiggy Walker, spelled T-I-G-G-Y.
0: That's the house. So that's me.
1: That's me in the corner.
0: (laughs) Well, Johnny, thank you. It was lovely to see Leo again. It was. We managed to not ask him who interviews him better, (laughs) which was good of us.
1: It's not a competition, Tiggy.
0: Darling, it's not. We work, we're like them. (laughs) We're a team.
1: Yeah. So good luck with the competition. We will announce the winner on the last edition of the podcast. Uh, And until the next time, Johnny Walker here, along with.
0: Tiggy
1: Walker. We wish you well. Take good care. And uh, thanks again to The Velvetizer for their sponsorship of this podcast. And The Velvetizer brings you Barista Grey drinking chocolate at home. Till the next time, take good care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. <laughs> bye.